Welcome to the Inside Muskegon Podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. And now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 76. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon Podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues affecting our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Colin Armstrong, a commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Colin Armstrong, the superintendent of Muskegon Public Schools. I'm here with Colin Armstrong with Muskegon Public Schools. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. No problem. I consider it a privilege. Why don't we start out talking about your background and position at Muskegon Public Schools? All right. I've been the superintendent since July 1st, 2006, so I'm in my first year. Um, It is my 35th year in education, uh, my sixth employer in education, and most of my experience actually has been with very, very large school districts, 30, 60, 125,000 students uh, in very ethnically diverse areas. Um, uh, my most recent one prior to this, I was Robson County, Cal- or Robson County, California, Robson County, North Carolina. Um, so I've, I've moved around a, a fair bit. Well, you have a good deal of perspective on education, both in the United States and internationally. Talk about the perception of the Michigan educational system in the national education sure. scene. I, I think if you if you looked at some objective standards, what you would find is that in the past, Michigan would have been seen as one of the, you know the five or six leaders of education. Uh, that has really kind of slipped away. Uh, and so when you look in the uh, educational journals now, and for the last several years, Michigan is not one of the states people study. Uh, and I think the interpretation of that is people are not looking at Michigan now in terms of educational leadership, which in my mind means we need to get our act together because probably that suggests we're not as good as we need to be. And that's why people aren't looking at us. What can be done here in Michigan to restore that position nationally? Well, I, I think the first thing that you need to do is you need the power brokers, uh, both governmental and the business community, to take education seriously, say this is our priority, uh, and, and just so that you know, this is our priority doesn't necessarily mean, therefore, we get more money. It just means that the hard decisions are made and you move on, um, that you begin to say, what do we need done? Let's do it. Let's not get into the politics. Kids deserve this. We're the people that can make it available. It will get done. What are some examples of that, the things that can be done to maybe distribute the educational dollars more equally across the state? Uh, I'll give you an example uh, that will answer that, but also I think give the Michigan context. Uh, last week, House Bill 4592 was, implement, was introduced. And fundamentally what it said was um, in, uh, the intermediate school districts throughout the state were going to be charged with going into a year planning process to identify ways of freeing up education dollars to go into classrooms as opposed to 
into redundant administrative services. So you look at Muskegon County, there are 13 school districts, 12 local education authorities, and the intermediate school district. Each district has a superintendent. Uh, you have finance officers. You have payroll people. And the the House bill was designed to say, really, the ISD should do all of that for everybody, therefore freeing up all those redundant administrative services so that the 12 school districts could focus on education. I don't have a hard number, but I'm pretty sure within Muskegon County, that would be a minimum of $2 million, uh, three, four, without probably any difficulty. As far as I can understand, that House bill lived for about 24 hours, and then it was yanked. Um, that's the kind of thing you can do. It's also an example of why Michigan really isn't looked at by other states as a leader in education. We clearly know what we need to do, but nobody has the political will to do it. Well, speaking of politics and how it ties into education, popular topic in the news is always no child left behind. And this, uh, this right of every American student to be educated What's your take on the policy? I, I think the policy is absolutely consistent with educational philosophy in the U.S. Every child deserves the right to graduate from high school. Fabulous point of view. Unique, really, with the exception of one other country in the whole world. I mean, how democratic can you get where you say that education will be provided in equal amounts to every child? The legislation's intent, honorable consistent with what this country is about. Its implementation, not so good. Um, you can't make those kinds of changes without some other structural changes. You can't make those changes without some additional money. The money has basically not been provided. The structural changes, the only real provision has been thou shalt, thou shalt, thou shalt. All right. Well, we've kind of ranged a broad spectrum already in this podcast. We've talked about uh, the state of national education and Michigan's role. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about things close to home here. And with Muskegon Public Schools, what gives you the most pride as the superintendent uh, with your schools? Uh, There are two or three components. Number one, this is a system and a community that is steeped in heritage and tradition. Big Red is not just a marketing phrase. It's a a thought process, a way of life, an incredible source of pride. There's number one. Number two, this is a community, I believe, that truly wants the best for their kids, and they realize that for many of our kids, education is the key. And number three, I see a staff that is truly committed to these kids, You put those three together, that's a wonderful source of pride. What we now need to do is figure out what is it exactly we have to do to pull that together to make the dream the reality, that every child is being successful, that every child is moving forward and leaving us to go on to do things they want to do. Well, that leads really nicely into another topic that I'd like to touch on, and it's challenges facing the youth in Muskegon, and uh, what can be done to kind of help with those those challenges with the students in our community? Our students, in, in some ways, are no different than, than most students. Um, we are in a period of, of quantum change. Um, we've been very comfortable 
in ourselves nationally, and yet we're competing on a global scale. It's very difficult to compete on a global scale when you don't know what that means, um, when you don't know where China is, um, when you don't understand the culture of India, when you can't figure out how to compete with Germany because of this such and so. Um, so figuring out what you want to do in that world becomes difficult because you don't understand the world. The demands are changing at an incredible exponential rate. That's difficult. Competition is fierce. That's difficult. Many of our students are economically disadvantaged, which means now you simply have the whole money thing compounding that. None of those are insurmountable. We can deal with all of them if we have the right approach and the right tools. Share with us your vision for public education in Michigan 10 years from now. It would be a system that, that is devoid of political nonsense and rhetoric and rich in political action, supported by all sectors of the community with a very clear understanding what the purpose of education is. Um, there are those that think education is job training. It is not. There are those that think education is purely the development of a child as a person. It is not. There are those that think that all kids need to go to college. They do not. But we need a common understanding. Mine is when students walk out of the doors of Muskegon High School or MTech and they've finished their formal education, we have prepared them to be able to make choices, wise choices. If they choose to become um, an aerospace engineer, they have the necessary courses, the background, and the skill set to get accepted. If they choose to go into a two-year radiation technology program, they have the skills to get into that program, the personal qualities to work hard because one of the things that a lot of kids find out, unfortunately, too late is work is actually work. Uh, it's not just something you get paid for. You actually have to show up. You actually have to do your job. You actually have to learn and grow. And for those students that want to enter uh, the trades and become a plumber, a mechanic, uh, we've prepared them. That's our job. What they do as adults, that's their job. But we need to get them to the door, all having that common view. And they need a broad set of skills to do it. And, you know, you want to become a plumber may sound silly, but I want you to have taken three or four years of second language because you don't know you want to become a plumber when you're 13 years old. And if you're going to compete in a global economy, you better at least have an understanding of some second language. And if you want to become a great artist, you might not have thought you needed that technology course, but an awful lot of the arts nowadays are digital. So you better have taken the tech course, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that leads into another great question with the new curriculum requirements in the state of Michigan and things that are being done with more requirements on foreign languages and science and math. Um, how do you think that's going to impact students in the Muskegon area? I think it's all very positive. I think it moves us back up to being in the game, not leading the game, but in the game. Um, our students are quite capable of meeting all of those requirements because none of them, frankly, are that demanding. Uh, 
I mean, two years of a second language. What that actually means is about an hour a day for 180 days in your whole career in school instead of 90 days. That's not a huge demand. Um, and certainly at the end of two credits, you're not fluent in whatever language. You know, but you know what it probably means is you have a 90% chance of getting what you think you're getting when you order it in a restaurant. But what it does is it makes you comfortable in a world environment. And that, to me, is the actual key, making you comfortable, not making you fluent. All right, let's move on to our final question. And after we do all this great education with our students in Muskegon, uh, there is a very interesting topic in the news today, the the Muskegon opportunity. Do you think it's going to happen? You know, um, when Brian Barber, who, who really owns this one, when he came to see me three months ago um, with the idea, I said, we're fully in support of it. I truly thought that's the last I'd ever hear of it. Uh, this thing has taken on a life of its own. I think it is a real possibility. And that's very, very exciting for students if they know that all they've got to do is work hard, remain focused, and be successful, and college is a sure thing for them. And that that's a powerful, powerful tool. Money's always a problem. For some of our kids, it's a huge impediment. You take that impediment away now when the teacher says you need to work hard at school in order to be best prepared for college, it makes sense because I'm now thinking I can go to college. So it makes sense to do this stuff. And the reality, you know, when you're 14 years old, doing homework doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense because in, in a very real way, the only value in doing well in grade nine is you get to go to grade 10. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's the immediate reward. That's not much of a reward. But if the long-term reward is much clearer for you, I am able to go to college. I just need the marks. Now the value of grade nine changes quite significantly. So I think the Muskegon opportunity, should it materialize, and, and quite frankly right now it seems to have some real possibilities, I, I, I think it'll change the way our students view their futures. I don't know what you could do that's more profound. Well, as a parent of five-year-old twin daughters and a three-year-old son, I can't think of anything I would like to see more as a parent and someone living in the Muskegon community than something like the Muskegon opportunity. So I hope that the business community and the community at large does whatever they can to support this idea. There, there does seem to be a building momentum. It is, it's very exciting. Well, thank you very much, Colin. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the opportunity. Muskegon Public Schools is dedicated to providing and promoting comprehensive educational, social, and cultural opportunities that will enable a diverse citizenry of all ages, interests, and abilities to lead productive and enriched lives. Colin Armstrong brings a unique perspective on public education to Muskegon from his experience with school districts outside of Michigan. That perspective has served him well in his time as superintendent of Muskegon Public Schools. Muskegon Public Schools is committed to listening to the parents of their students. They have demonstrated this by encouraging feedback on issues like MEEP test scores on their website. 
At this time of school funding shortfalls in Michigan, not to mention the everyday challenges of running a school in today's society, schools leaders must provide a strong vision for our area's children. With that said, Muskegon Public Schools appears to be in very good hands with Colin Armstrong. I have a feeling Colin's tenure as Muskegon Public Schools superintendent will be a memorable one. So for more information on Muskegon Public Schools, visit muskegonpublicschools.org. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback. And for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon, visit our website at insidemuskegon.com. Can post your own comments to the site, view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 76 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com.